You just abandon any precaution. You know, folks, something could happen here, and if it does, so what? Hey, friends. Welcome to Nathan for Us, a Nathan Fielder fan podcast. My name is Kelly. And hi, I'm Megan. And today we are here to talk about the rehearsal episode two. This one is called Scion. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. What? They barely spoke about that this episode. I don't know why they would call it that. Megan, how were you feeling when you noticed that this episode was going to be all about babies? Were you nervous? Were you excited? I thought, wow, I'd love to do that. I'd love to sign up for this. I feel like I would be a very good fit. I'd be a good candidate. It'd be an experiment I would wholeheartedly jump into. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest problem for both of us is, as we learned last week from our friend Trisha, um, women under the age of 39 typically are not having children, correct? So I think we'd be a little young for this experiment. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure about that. I don't want to comment on the age that anyone would like to have a child or can have a child. Obviously, adoption and there's a lot of new medical procedures. You would know a lot more about that having worked at a fertility clinic. Um, but the concept of being able to test out if having a child is for you seems wonderful. I think a lot of people our age of very youthful 29 and 30, perhaps more people should test if they should have children or not. I definitely agree with that. I think people kind of do this a little bit by having pets too. Like I think people will get a dog and be like, oh, this is a little dry run for having a baby. But um, obviously the rehearsal takes that to another level when we meet our friend Angela, who is 44 years old and is someone who's been putting off having children is what she states in the episode. So the show opens with Nathan watching all of these security cameras that are showing the inside of a house with a woman who we learn is Angela taking care of a baby. And this gave me major escape room flashbacks and watching (laughs) people in rooms. To be running in to do the baby swap. When he went to go swap the baby, all I could think about was um, like Indiana Jones when he switches out the goblet. (laughs) I'm I'm really just learning that I would want to be a part of this crew more than anything. Nathan, <laughs> I'm a night owl, just putting that out there. Are you are you really a night owl though or are you lying? No, I'm a real night owl. Oh, well, we'll get to that. Um honestly, this episode there's just like a lot to unpack. So, <laughs> I feel like we have a, we have a lot of weird topics to get to. Um but Yeah, let's dive right in, talk a little bit about Angela, who is single, um, and she would like to have a baby, but she wants to test it out first. So, of course, Angela needs to first get onto Tinder. Yeah, and she's swiping through um, some guys, and Nathan was looking over her shoulder finding out why she would say yes to some, no to others. Reasons she said no to some of the Tinder individuals were one, out of shape, and another one she passed on, their outfit was too serious. Yeah, what constitutes a serious outfit? I was trying to figure out what that could mean. I would assume a suit or a tuxedo is seen seen as serious, but 
I don't know why you wouldn't put a photo of yourself in a suit on a dating app. Like maybe you're at a wedding, you're at an event. It's if there may be in a suit at a very casual event, it would be hard to capture that in one photo. I assume she just didn't like the look of them and needed to say something. Yeah, like to me, a suit, that's like, oh, you're successful. Or at least you're pretending to be successful, which is half the battle personally, I would say. I think suit wearing has probably really gone down. I wonder how the suit industry is doing in COVID. Joggers, jeggings, sweatpants are at an all-time high. I bet you not a lot of suits have been sold. Yeah, you might be right, other than like for weddings. Yeah. I feel like we've discussed previously, neither of us have been on dating apps too, too much. I was a little bit. Yeah, I feel like I was not like seriously, like I would just swipe on people for fun and people that I knew. But is is Angela's problem that she's on Tinder, do we think? Because I think... She needs to be on maybe a different app. Like maybe perhaps Christian Mingle she would have more luck with. Yeah, Christian Mingle for sure is what she should have selected. Um, I fear we're going to show our lack of experience in dating (laughs) apps if we try to discuss it too much. I heard Hinge is a good one because you can describe yourself a little bit. Because the last time I was on a dating app was in university. I met up with like one guy from it. I think you know this story. And he thought I was way too tall and was immediately off put by me. I was like, oh no. And I'm not even that tall. I'm 5'7", but he was quite short, which I mean is not the end of the world to me, but um, he didn't like how tall I was. So it ended very quickly. (laughs) Good. We hate that guy. If he's listening. Thank you. If you're listening, (laughs) thank you, honestly. Yeah, Yeah, actually, (laughs) we appreciate you. Yeah. Weird move. Haven't spoken to you <laughs> since, but but that'd be great. We kind of learn a few things about her while she's swiping. I think one thing that I picked up on is that she definitely maybe has some alternative views on certain things, which we kind of can get into later on the episode. And she's also extremely religious. Um, and that is something that is very important to her. Yes. Again, going back to she should just be on Christian Mingle. I don't believe you can filter I I guess very religious people would have something about religion in their profile and that's probably the thing you weed out first because Angela is not going to get into a relationship with someone who is not Christian yeah that definitely is the case for her um so yes and she specifically is looking for a man she says that many times that Mm -hmm. she only only wants to find a man to be able to date and we get to watch her go on a few Tinder dates. I think one that probably has been talked about a lot is the man who is the most scared of eels. She asks, what scares you the most? And he says, eels. Which is not a bad fear. It's just very specific context. I do wonder if he's afraid of eating it or swimming and it being there. Um, It's something that she really should have asked a lot of follow-up questions on if she did and they didn't show it. That's appalling. And I'm excited that she got such a good answer out of it and it wasn't something boring. Yeah, like dying or something. Like eels is it's a it's a conversation starter. (laughs) I don't know. Eels is a conversation starter. I actually have not thought of eels in many years until earlier this week before I watched the episode, I was on TikTok and I came across a guy who at first I thought it was his basement that he had flooded and filled with eels. 
But it turns out apparently it's an abandoned cistern somewhere that he is breeding eels in. And so, (laughs) yeah. Why? I don't know. But he has names for them all. Like one of them is called Mentally Eel. They're all pun names. Can he tell them apart? Or he just has come up with a bunch of puns and is pretending that he can spot them. Yeah, he can tell them apart. He like picks them up and shows them to to the camera. It's wild. Um, I'll try and find the TikTok and maybe post it on our Twitter later this week. I wonder if his favorite movie was The Little Mermaid because the evil characters are Ursula and the eels. So maybe from a young age, he has been afraid of eels and it has just stuck because most people don't bump into eels often enough where on a first date, it's like a fear you need to tell the other person about because it's imminent. Yeah, 100%. I just like, yeah, eels. It's not something I think about. Um, Were there any other dates that stood out to you while we were watching the Tinder date portion of the episode? Yeah, so eel guy was date number two. Uh, The first date, uh, Angela dives right in and mentions that most extra biblical texts are bad and her date doesn't seem to have a lot to say about it. Um, And then date number three, of course, which is the most important date of the day as there's follow-up is Robin, who is absolutely blessed. Um, he totaled his Psycon TC at 100 miles an hour, and he's got miracle status, baby. Yeah, he certainly does. Robin is definitely a character. As soon as they sat down and he was pointing out his uh, religious tattoos, like they seem to have a really good flow, a really good banter, so... It was very clear based on the first two dates she had that this one was going much better. This is tangentially related, but how do we think Angela would have done on the hunk? Um, I think we will find out more. The episode concludes with us learning that Nathan is going to be participating with Angela in this parenting experiment. So seeing how they parent together would probably tell us how she would do on the hunk and seeing them interact a little bit more based on initial uh, impressions. I have a hunch that Angela is not a fan of dating shows in general. I don't know if there's a very religious dating show. I, I know some of the bachelors are, are religious, but I think the show as a whole must go against some religious something. I feel like dating 30 women at once is not bueno or is polyamory bueno. <laughs> it's weird though, because like, A lot of them don't hook up, right, until the fantasy suites. So maybe it's okay. That's too soon, though. (laughs) It's it's after, like, three weeks. (laughs) So before uh, we go any further with Angela and Robin, why don't we talk about the actual kind of baby handoff and this scheme with the babies and the handoff of the babies. (laughs) Definitely. So... Nathan wants Angela to experience raising a child from zero to 18 over the course of two months so that she has the ability to decide if she would like to dive into parenthood in her life. So they get dozens of child actors to create a round-the-clock simulation of parenthood. They need to get so many different actors because there are a lot of different labor laws for children. And so babies, for example, can only work for four hours at a time. So when Angela is initially dealing with a certain baby every four hours Nathan needs to be switching out that baby for a new child actor to make the simulation seem as authentic as possible 
they make these switches at times when Angela isn't looking, um, or at least she's a little bit distracted. So the first two that they showed us was when the baby was asleep in bed, Nathan climbed in through a window, or one of Nathan's crew climbed in through a window, swapped the baby, took the baby that was originally there back to its parent. Um, Another time when Angela was out at the grocery store, she had the baby beside her um, while she was loading up groceries. Again, they run up, switch the baby, continue on. So it's supposed to be seen as seamlessly as possible and to give the most exposure to what it would be like to have an actual child. The other thing to note is that they every week switch the age of the child. So it goes 0, 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18. And every week the child gets three years older. So this experiment can be done in two months. And then there's multiple child actors to represent that age. Yes. um, I'm extremely excited to see the older children later on it's gonna be so awkward having like a 15 year old and an 18 year old just in your house for a week so when Angela gets the baby Nathan also wants the mom to kind of hand it over and pretend that it's sort of an adoption situation so he asks the mom who's handing over her baby who's named Perry to make up some reason that she's giving the baby over to Angela. And the best reason she can come up with on the spot is, he's better off with you than me, so dot, dot, dot. Incredible. Good for this woman. I could not have come up with something like that on the spot, even even just that simple sentence. (laughs) Yeah, so the simulated adoption, um, they they kept asking her to elaborate, and she had come up with, you know, I've – I've got school and I'm busy and then just passed off her child. I think I would want to clarify like, okay, just so we're aware, like I'm not just one more time. I'm not giving you my child. Yeah. And I do have, I have found her Twitter as well. Um, So she is doing an MBA. So she is actually in school. Um, And she did tweet basically saying like, oh, I guess I should probably check that that scene was fake. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. Um, And then Nathan even brings out champagne for them to celebrate. The adoption agent said that this is very uncommon. It's not something (laughs) that they do. Um, I don't know why. I get for if like the kid, I feel like it's a moment to celebrate. She seemed like it. she acted as though it was incredibly strange for him to bring out champagne to celebrate. I don't know why it would be that bad. Maybe I'd be a bad parent, but it didn't seem that bad to me. I guess it's more like something you should do at home versus like, you know, just like in the office. Like, you know, wait till you get home and pop that champagne open. Well, he just gave it to them. It could be a little to go. Yeah. Should I ask my mom? She was adopted. Yeah. Ask, um, do you know what age she was adopted at? Like three. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure she would remember. It's her first memory. My new mom was popping bottles. <laughs> Yeah, we also learned that um, Angela wants to name the baby Adam. Well, she says that she has selected Adam because it is a strong name. But yes, it seems like she's picking Adam because it's a religious name as well. I bet you we could have all guessed it would have been Adam. Yeah, Angela, like there was like five names she was going to go with. And uh, Adam was definitely on that if we had to power rank names that Angela might choose. So Angela brings home her new baby. 
Um, Nathan has kindly rented out a gorgeous house for her in Oregon where oh she's going to be able to undertake this kind of experiment or her rehearsal, I guess we should say. Wow. This place is incredible. Yeah. So Angela, when she's describing her future ideal life, Nathan tries to set up the perfect simulation and she believes that she is going to live in a beautiful remote area with farm animals, the ability to go off the grid if they like, or be on the grid um, because infant skulls haven't fully formed and they can absorb radiation. So they want to be able to be far away from Wi-Fi. So Nathan essentially rents, or I guess I should say HBO, um, rents an estate. Like this house is gorgeous. Um, they have chickens. It's a really big property. Um, so Angela's just living a, a great life. Um, so a couple other things that we learned about Angela while she's in the house. Number one, she has moves. She's like dancing up a storm. Yeah, might as well. If you're alone and you're like cleaning the dishes, there's lots of things you can do. I bet that there were hours of footage of her just being not dancing. And as soon as she was grooving, they they clipped it and were like, this is primo content. Yeah. What do you think she was listening to? I guess probably Christian rock. Oh, definitely. So um, as Angela is moving along with this process, she Nathan is really pushing her into trying to find that partner who is going to help her with baby Adam. So he really pushes her onto going onto a second date with Robin. However, the only problem is that Angela has kind of not taken this whole baby thing that seriously yet um she doesn't really have any plans for like a babysitter or anything so of course nathan has to step in while angela's going on this second date and he says you know just this one time i will babysit for you my impression was actually that nathan had sprung on her hey you should go on a date tonight because they wanted to film it And she had said, oh, well, you know, I need more notice to get a babysitter. Why don't we schedule it for next week? But they had wanted to film it that day. So he had said, okay, well, I will watch the baby so you can go. That's the impression I got that they were the ones pushing the timing. Oh, maybe. I feel like she was really deflecting just because it seemed like she was like, I don't know. Again, it's all it's a lot of editing. So it's hard to say. She probably didn't want to pay. She probably didn't want to pay for a babysitter. It just felt like she was not taking the baby, taking care of the baby that seriously. We also see in uh, a scene kind of right before this that Nathan has hired a local night owl who is going to be watching a live feed of a real baby while the night is going on. And then they also have a robot baby, which the local night owl, (laughs) I don't believe we learned his name, um, is able to push a button to make the baby cry when the real baby on the live feed is crying. But we find out that the local night owl unfortunately fell asleep within 15 minutes of this first evening of trying to keep Ra- or keep Angela awake with the baby. But how great is it that you could fall asleep on your first shift within 15 minutes and get to keep working? You'd think like for one evening you could do it. Like I understand like maybe the second night you're really sleepy. But, like, you'd think the first night you'd be able to stay up. Yeah, plus if you're aware that your job is going to be staying up all night, probably leading up to it, and when you've applied to it, 
you've started to nap during the day. Yeah. How do we think we he found this guy? Because we didn't see a Craigslist ad. Very disappointing. Um, I would have I would assume it it was from a Craigslist ad though. Or maybe one of the crew members already. They just grabbed him. Perhaps, perhaps. So again, uh, we have the local night owl and we have Angela going out on her second date. Uh, so Nathan's going to babysit. I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but like, would you let Nathan babysit your children? Theoretical Definitely. children? Absolutely. <laughs> Do <laughs> I need follow up? Period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's so cute. And the, okay. I get some people think all babies are cute, but the baby that Nathan watches is definitely the cutest baby of the babies hired. Like that baby is insanely adorable. Oh my goodness. Are you like power ranking the babies right now? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I don't want to do that. (laughs) I'm just saying I didn't look in detail. It's not like I looked through them, but the segment where Nathan was the one taking care of the baby, I thought, wow. That baby is incredibly cute. Don't tell yeah. people I power rank babies. <laughs> Megan, that's your baby's ugly. <laughs> I just don't think your baby is necessarily as cute as this baby. And my opinion shouldn't matter in any way, shape, or form to your life. Um, but like that baby was crazy cute. It was a very cute baby. Um, I also cute- enjoyed. Wait, would you say it was the cutest baby? To be honest, I don't think I looked that closely at the babies to really comment on which one is the cutest. I famously think that most babies look like aliens until they're like six months old. So I think I'm like face blind, but with babies specifically. We also just got more time with this baby. So Nathan and Adam were sitting on the couch, hanging out, throwing down. They were giggling, you know. Nathan was doing a little thing where you kind of like start to throw the baby in the air, just like lifting it up and down, I guess. (laughs) Stuff that babies love. (laughs) Yeah. Classic baby moves. He had to go on WikiHow to figure out how to change the diaper. Yeah. So classic to be reading how to change a diaper while you're changing the diaper instead of beforehand. I I think that's fair. Like, honestly, I still don't know how to change a baby diaper. I don't actually hang out with babies that much. Um, no, oh, I used to babysit. Yeah, I don't know any babies today, but um, I used to babysit. I took a babysitting course. The baby I babysat is now old, um, so it really ages me. Wait, you babysat like a baby bat, a bat, yeah. baby babby, like a like an actual infant. Oh, see, like I babysat, but they were like seven. No, this was a full-on baby that needed me to function. So it sounds like if people had to pick who was going to babysit between the two of us on the podcast, they're picking you. (laughs) I mean, the people in our real life might not have expected it, but I have taken a full-on babysitting course and have the resume to back it up. Wow. I mean, I'm impressed. You can babysit for me anytime. Great. My whole life goal is to trick your child into thinking I'm like the most fun aunt. So I'm just going to spoil them so much. I want to be their favorite more than anything. My hear that future children. <laughs> yes. It's all a trap. <laughs> You're going to be like, don't spoil them. And I'm going to be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I got to bribe them for their love. <laughs> so uh, Angela and 
Robin are out on their date. Um, you know, is God choreographing the date? Who's to say? Certainly not us. Kelly, I just want to take this moment to say that you're the real MVP. And when I saw this show, it felt like a sign that I should let you know that you're the real MVP of this podcast. And, you know, recording this at 910 just feels really blessed. 10 out of 10, 910, 10 minus 9 equals 1. You're my number one. Wow. Oh, my goodness. I'm feeling blessed that you just said that. So thank you. Blessed up. God is choreographing this podcast. He's not doing a great job tonight, but normally he is. He's just a little distracted. <laughs> He's been dealing with a lot. Um, I think one of my favorite moments in this whole scheme is when they kind of are walking towards the house and Angela just goes, there's a baby in this house. To Robin. Oh, this is so weird. I wrote this note because... She says that and then gives him no context, goes inside, yeah. brings brings Adam back out, and then says, oh, by the way, this isn't my baby. It's like, well, why <laughs> wouldn't you lead with that? It, I don't know. It's really hard to say what's going on in her head. Like, maybe she just didn't know how to bring it up, but the show really wanted her to tell him, like, in that moment. But yeah, it's a, it's a wacky way to bridge this conversation. Um, but Robin is into it. At least at this point, he is. How do you react if you go on three dates with someone and then they just ask you, like, do you want to raise a fake baby with me? Kelly, you're not taking into consideration all of the signs That's that true. showed them that this date was meant to be. And they've shared their hopes and dreams. Robin dreams to play in the NBA. Angela dreams to, you know test if she should have a baby and uh, find a very religious man. So they pretty much ironed out all the details already. Three dates was all they needed. When Angela invites Robin to stay the evening slash permanently, I don't know, for, for a portion of this experiment, she lets Robin know that nobody's getting any of this except for her husband. And so it might be tempting, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. And Robin uh, doesn't really believe her, but we'll get into that in a couple of minutes. Yeah. Robin is unfazed. Robin goes to leave. And as he's going to his car, Nathan catches him and lets him know that, hi, I'm a part of the experiment. If this is something you'd like to participate in, we would love for you to come back and spend the night tonight. Why don't we go together to collect some of your things? Robin agrees to this and the two of them with, I guess, a film crew goes to Robin's home. Yes. And I noticed two things that he got out of his front seat when they were getting in the car, um, a banana and a can of fish. Um, I don't know what sign from God that is, but I'm just interested in what do you think of that? That snack choice individually not the worst together atrocious i'm not someone who eats cans of fish but i see that you know that's a thing people eat and you know could be a good snack high protein yeah nothing wrong with that together with a banana is hopefully he eats them separately is all i can say yeah he must be eating them separately i would really hope so (laughs) he's like scooping the fish with the banana nice little banana spoon 
So uh, Robin does go home. He needs to get a couple of things for the evening. And along the way, this is when we really see the kind of his, I I don't know what to call it exactly, um, love of numbers and how he likes to see like numbers that relate to different things happening in the world. I believe people call them angel numbers. Not an expert on numerology. But uh, Robin goes really in-depth telling Nathan about all of these different numbers that they're seeing while they're driving back to his house. You know, I think if you're looking for something, it's more likely to come up. A lot of the numbers that Robin is seeing, like when they're putting gas in his car, okay, well, you're going to see a lot of numbers. So I call (laughs) hijinks. You're telling me you don't think the numbers are real, Megan? (laughs) Well, I believe in numbers. Um, I, I, I can't say, and I'm trying to be delicate. I can't say I agree with anything else. I don't know why I'm being delicate. This just isn't my vibe. <laughs> if someone said this to me more than once about one thing, that wasn't even a real coincidence. I'd be, I'd be like, get out of town. Get out of here. I do feel like I'd be like jumping out of the car if I was Nathan at this point. If I wasn't filming a TV show, because this is obviously very good for the show. Do you have a favorite number? Do you have any number coincidences? I feel like 1111 was very popular back in our day. Like everyone used to make a oh, wish yeah. at 1111. Of course. But that, that, that's just the rule. Yeah, that's just true. Um, I don't know if I have like a favorite number. I like the number five. I don't know if that is anything. How about you? I'm a classic. My favorite number is my birthday. So eight. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think That's that probably one. the majority of the people in the world there, I would guess that your favorite number is your birthday. It's just like you're told to be excited about it and to look forward to it. That's true. I lean towards even numbers because of that. Yeah. If you're playing a sport, you want you want to pick your birthday. See, I never really got to pick a number for sports. I feel like I missed out on that formative experience. All of my sports had jerseys with numbers, so I was always trying to fight for number eight. Yeah, you don't get a jersey or a number in swimming. It's just like you're just there. I liked swimming in lane five. I guess that's it. how I would go about that, but you don't really get to pick what lane you swim in when you're racing. Anyway, no one cares. <laughs> yeah, what we uh, learned is absolutely nothing. <laughs> what we learned is that numbers are fucking boring unless you assign really wild and specific things to them like Robin does. Well, I I think he assigns the exact same thing to them over and over and over again. Like there's different Bible scriptures, I think, that are different numbers and he forces them to be seen. Like if you look at a clock long enough, it's going to hit a number. (laughs) It's always numbers on a clock. (laughs) <laughs> eventually a number will show up <laughs> um i don't know about your clocks i didn't even check either if like any of the bible scriptures were correct like he could have fully just been making up like numbers associated with bible scriptures and like they could be total bs i would never know oh n- no way it's fake he's in deep <laughs> he's in pretty deep um he's also an awful driver if we didn't already know that from the sci- crashing his Scion at 100 miles per hour, Scion TC, sorry, at 100 miles per hour, we learn this when he's actually driving Nathan and he is really into holding his phone. He won't let Nathan hold onto the phone 
so that Robin can see it. Um, and he also, we learn later, does not have a license plate on his car. Just like if you're in Oregon, you know, be careful because <laughs> this man's on the roads. He's tearing him up in that in that Ford Focus. Yeah, and we also learned that he gets high and drives a lot, which is also not good. Everything really started coming together with the Scion TC crash um, when I saw him driving, I think. Yes. Now, you have some more details on this crash. Do you want to let the listeners know? Yeah, I mean, so I don't have... I haven't corroborated that this is the correct person or anything, but someone, a very helpful person did post in the Nathan for you business posting Facebook group, um, which everyone should join 10 out of 10. You're going to get the best fans posting the funniest things all the time. And it's really, uh, come back to life with the rehearsal. Like it was always posting good stuff with Nathan for you, but I feel like there's this big resurgence and everyone's excited again. Yeah, but so someone did find a post from possibly Robin detailing the crash. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's very long. Um, But he crashed his car into like some barricades near the zoo and was chased by police because he also had a couple warrants out for his arrest. And then at the time that the police caught up with him, He blew twice the legal limit on a breathalyzer. It really makes a lot more sense uh, hearing the rest of the story. Potentially that Robin is a a bit of a reckless driver. I think we can probably surmise based on this and the other experiences in the show. Yeah. So Nathan and Robin go inside um, to pack up a bag. And we get to meet Robin's roommate as well. Yes. Yeah. Do um, we start with the bag? <laughs> maybe start. Let's talk about the bag first, and then we can get into the roommate. Um, Robin Robin tries to pack a lot of vitamins. For what we think is a few days. How long does he think he's going for? Yeah. I mean, maybe a couple months, right? Like, that's how long the, the rehearsal is supposed to last. I think you test it out for a day and then if it's going well, maybe you go back home a few times, pick up some more stuff. Potentially, yeah. But yeah, it was a lot of vitamins for a short period of time. And that's not even I to be honest, I wasn't expecting you to focus on the vitamins. Oh, yeah, go right ahead. Continue. Yeah, other things that Robin packs is lube um and a bong that are you know, I would say surprising based on his conversation not too long ago with Angela where, you know, sex is not on the table. And he seems to think that the door to sex is open. And he discusses that with Nathan. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've spent some time with Angela at this point, And I think we can say that the door is uh, very much closed on that. That was my impression based on everything she said and when she directly said it. Yeah. Yeah. But Robin doesn't care. You know, he's going to take his chances. He also needs to pack his bong for this overnight stay, of course. (laughs) To his overnight babysitting visit. (laughs) Yeah. Very ballsy to pack a bong in like your like duffel bag. I feel like that's something that you should not be like just tossing in a bag, you know? Yeah, it'll probably break. But yeah, you're going to have bong water everywhere. It's going to be so smelly. 
So uh, Nathan immediately pulls it out. They chat about it for a second, and he decides, you know, let, let's rip some some bongs. Rip <laughs> <laughs> some bongs? Is this when we learn that Megan has never taken a bong hit before? <laughs> I, I cannot confirm or deny. No, I have, but I don't know. I was, like, immediately panicked. Like, should I be talking about this? <laughs> I, like, bailed hard. I was like, is this fine? <laughs> It's legal, okay? <laughs> I think we have to. Yeah, he rips some bong hits even though he's expected to drive back to the house later that night and then babysit. Yeah. And so when he goes to get into the car, Nathan immediately brings us up. But before we zoom back off to the house, let's talk about his roommate. Because after his bong hit, he wants to go make a sandwich. He does. He also, I think we should mention that he has three mattresses in his room because he's just like too lazy to get rid of them. Which to me is too, too many mattresses. At the very least, stack them. Yeah, I don't know. He's like maneuvering his way, like pushing them out of the way. I don't know why he would just not put them on top of each other. I think that's a great fix for Robin if he's listening. Yeah, and if you don't have a bed frame, like that kind of also lifts you a little bit off the ground. But yes, yeah, so let's let's talk about Robin's unnamed roommate. Um, they kind of get into a little bit of an argument um, over mayonnaise. Kelly, obviously they're going to have a, an argument. Robin wanted mayo for a sandwich. He doesn't think there's any left. His roommate did not take the mayonnaise. So, of course, you must yell at your roommate about it. Is there any world where we're not on the roommate's side? (laughs) Plus, we also got um, a little preview of learning that his roommate is not religious. And that that upsets Robin. Yeah, there's a lot of um, squash it and what are you stepping to thrown around between the two of them. Why you keep tripping on me. Yeah. Certainly, um, they clearly have had a tumultuous relationship, roommate experience, I would say. Arguments are rough when you just keep yelling the exact same thing at a person over and over and over again. Their fight didn't go anywhere. They just kept saying the same thing. Yeah. And it really feels like, to me, obviously, we are not, you know, in this home, um, but it really felt feels like the roommate perhaps buys a lot of food and maybe Robin eats it. That's the vibe I was getting. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course that's what's happening. <laughs> that's like the number one roommate argument. We did learn that Robin did bring in a banana and some canned fish, though, so we can't say he doesn't contribute. But yeah, so they have a little – this little tiff goes down and then – We learn afterwards that Robin just thinks that, you know, he's like, I was telling the truth. And the way that he refers to his roommate is this demon doesn't like the truth, which is extremely (laughs) wild. Devastating blow to call your roommate a demon. But I kind of love it. Like, I think I'm going to take this with me um, and utilize it in my own life. (laughs) Oh, watch out, Colin. We need to call um, The Exorcist. We need to call Sue Stanford, the ghost realtor. Yes, but um, she's not the one who performs The Exorcism, which I think is what we need for our demon, but she could probably give us a good hookup. Yeah, which demon do you think is worse? Um, Robin's roommate or the hemorrhoid demon from the ghost realtor episode? (laughs) 
Well, as someone who doesn't is not yet convinced that <laughs> Robin's roommate is in fact a demon, despite Robin convincingly saying it, I would say the hemorrhoid demon sounds much, much worse. But if it's true that he took all the mayo, wow. <laughs> <laughs> How dare. I mean, I love mayonnaise, so I, I this is this could be a fight in my home. I I could see it. Now you have a good comeback. Last episode, we discussed if you could workshop a sweet comeback ahead of time and practice it, how ideal that would be. And now we know what to say if someone takes the last bit of mayo. Oh, my God. Was the rehearsal for us all along? (laughs) This has really come around. (laughs) I honestly have no idea where this show is going. And at this point, like, maybe we're all in a rehearsal. (laughs) I truly have no idea. I read other people's theories online, and they sounded very convincing to me. A few people thought that this was going to be a story that goes throughout the rest of the season with Angela because it's spread out over two months that he would continue to have this fake family because of the poster of the show with Nathan and like three puppets as his family. And then we would have little segments similar to the first episode, which fully explained the concept, but we would have smaller versions of that every episode as well. So there would be an overarching storyline of Nathan and his fake family. And then these one-off little rehearsal projects is the general consensus that I've gotten online. It seems like we're spending a lot of time with Angela is what we're gearing up for. I guess we'll see. Angela doesn't seem as interested in the baby um, as I would have thought. So that jumped ahead a little bit. But essentially, Robin heads back home to the house. He and Angela chat for a little moment about how scandalous Angela thought it would be that her church friends would learn that there was an unmarried man in in her home and, oh, the scandal. But she lays down the law pretty quick of a baby's going to be crying and you're going to be the one watching them. I'm going to sleep. Which I think is, you know, you could have probably split it up for night one. But Robin is immediately the only person taking care of the baby tonight. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot that we can fault Robin for, um, you know, totaling his scion on TC at 100 miles per hour while he was potentially drinking, hitting a bong rip and then driving, driving without a license plate, all of these things. I cannot fault him for leaving this night. If they were working together, I think it would have been fair or to know a little bit more what he signed up for. But for Angela to just say, hey, you're dealing with this tonight, not me. See you tomorrow. Um, Like he just got there. At least do 50-50. Um, yeah. I probably wouldn't have left. I would have just felt too awkward. I would just kept going. And then maybe the next day asked if we could split it up a little bit more. But I do see his point. So they do show a weird clip of Robin sitting in his room looking at a woman on his phone before he goes to bed. I'm not sure yeah. what that was <laughs> oh. for. I mean, I think it was implying that he used the lube on... Uh, this is self-completion. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was the only way I could think of to say it. I really panicked. <laughs> um, I hated every moment of that. But it's like, you know, there are cameras all throughout the house. I bet he didn't. Do we think he would care? I think he doesn't care. It is HBO. So if they wanted to, they could have shown him like really going at it. 
Um, <laughs> thankfully, they did not. Thankfully. <laughs> yeah, that would yeah, have been listen, a lot. We've all seen Euphoria episode three or whatever of season one where it's just like 35 dicks. Wow, you pulled that out real quick. <laughs> I don't remember if that's actually the episode, but... Um, yeah, okay. You're like... <laughs> This minute was this dick. This minute was this other dick. (laughs) Check out minute eight, baby. (laughs) I love HBO. It's not TV. It's HBO. Mm, Okay. So maybe you and Robin have a little bit in common. It's fine. (laughs) Yes, I too would be looking at boobies on my phone while looking after my baby. (laughs) Your robot baby with someone you just met. Yeah, that I met on Tinder. Yeah, the real MVP. So Robin bails super quick. Uh, We see that Nathan is now sitting with the night owl, uh, probably to make sure that the job is actually getting done. Too awkward to just fire him. So he's just sitting with him and micromanaging and making sure, oh, pointing out every time the baby cries and Robin is not having it. Yeah, and this is kind of the first time that we really get anything from the night owl. And he says probably something I'm going to be thinking about. I don't know. It's going to live rent free in my head. Where he talks about the governmental Sasquatch liaisons. I just have so many questions. Um, I just need to know more about his theory about the government Sasquatch liaisons. Are they pre- people who work in the government who are Sasquatches? Is it people who are communicating with the Sasquatches to work on governmental policy like I just need to know a lot more about this what would your ideal answer be like what do you hope that it is I hope that he thinks that there's Sasquatches like lobbying for things in the government because I think that's a lot funnier like the Sasquatches are like we have rights and uh we need you to pass them through Congress they're like putting them into super bills I don't know. I don't know what actually how American government works, but <laughs> you use some words. They sounded good. We're on the right track. Anyone who criticizes <laughs> is a demon and needs to stop stepping. Yeah, I don't know. Sasquatches have come up a lot in my life recently, so maybe they're my version of angel numbers. <laughs> Name one other time. <laughs> I'm literally reading a book right now that is vaguely also about Sasquatches. This is fiction, yes. <laughs> yes, it's not. Yes, it's a you don't think Sasquatches are real, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just want to make sure that uh, you do know. <laughs> so, yeah, we learned that Night Owl is into Sasquatch liaisons. He also, our Night Owl friend, along with the Sasquatch conspiracy theory, also says something that is quite poignant um, about parenting, which is that, you know, Robin wasn't cut out for it. Not everyone is. I was about to say Robin's young, but Robin's 30. Our age. Um, Which you don't have to be ready to be a parent. And Lord knows that I would also want to leave if a baby was crying a bunch in the night and I was with some person I just met. There's a lot of weird layers going on there. But maybe in the future... Uh, if that's what he wants, um, things will be different. Yeah, I really feel like this episode, we see a severe lack of critical thinking skills from honestly everybody involved. (laughs) True. 
And uh, we get something else that's very exciting, which is that we find out that the alligator bar is back. Nathan transported it all the way to Oregon. Yeah, you know, Nathan is away for work. He's in this, like, cardboard cutout, very typical like staff accommodation uh, for with HBO. So he's living in this apartment. He was able to bring his cats with him, but it's nice to have something familiar around. And he didn't want to get rid of the replica alligator lounge. So he brought it to Oregon and I can only hope that he throws a party there and that it becomes a place people like us can visit. Cause Oh my gosh, I want to go. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it would be really fun to have, like, a replica of your favorite bar somewhere, too. Like, if I was going to move, I would be stoked if I could bring, you know, a little piece of home anywhere that I went. Now, the bar didn't quite fit, so they had to take a bit of a chunk out of the top, but they made it work. I wonder what it cost to move that bar. It must have been insane. Do you think he actually moved it to Oregon, or do you think they filmed that in New York? Put your tinfoil toque on. I'm putting on my tinfoil toque. I think that if it were any other show that was not run by Nathan Fielder, they would have just filmed it in New York City and not moved the bar. But I think because this is a Nathan show and we've seen him go to these really wild lengths before, he probably did have HBO pay to move the bar. Maybe I just want to believe, honestly. I want to believe that he's going to move it back to Canada. So I'm just going to believe it. You know, I trust that Nathan, a good Canadian boy, is going to bring the bar back home to Canada because that's what I want to happen. We'll have to see if um, God's choreographing that for us or not. What are like positive numbers I need to start seeing to be like, wow, the universe is listening to me. It would be really good PR, like, you know, putting on our, our work hats for a second It would be a great PR stunt if HBO wanted to promote future episodes or the next season, assuming the show gets renewed. They actually like brought the alligator bar like around for different little activations. I think that'd be very fun. They could do pop-ups. It'd be amazing. Plus the actual alligator lounge must just be so busy. Like this whole, what if this whole thing was just a Nathan for you stunt to get the alligator lounge business oh my god that would be actually incredible because <laughs> it's working i'm I, I keep reading online how busy it is yeah i mean i want to go so badly like i want nothing more than to go to the alligator lounge um but yeah so we see nathan hanging out inside the lounge um he's you know drinking a nice little coke it seems and he decides he's gonna ask angela to come meet him Because he has decided that maybe it's time that he also grew up and took part in this rehearsal on his own. So he asks if he can co-parent with her. Yes. And he says it would not be romantic. And he understands that he's in a position of power. And he he wants Angela to make the decision all on her own. And she's very receptive. She says, yeah, why not? Um, I think she definitely realizes she wants some help with... Adam and how many more dates can she go on to try to get a partner for this it seems like a bit of a waste of time might as well do the full experiment with a partner and move on from there 
So once they agree, you know, Nathan's going to jump in and join this experiment, we learn that he then has to call every single child actor involved and get permission from their parents for him to step into the house and interact with their children more. He again builds this really big flow chart with all these different options. I have the only screenshot I could get where you could clearly read it was a sentence he had read out loud, but he didn't read the last line from it. This is if there's if the parent is hesitating a little bit, which it sounds like they all agreed to pretty quickly. Um, having someone who you've already met multiple times and was heavily involved in the production, um, it's probably pretty easy to say yes to. So he said, I sense some hesitancy in your voice, and that's completely understandable. Friendly chuckle. This is a strange experience, and I know that this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity is not for everyone. If you're feeling even the slightest bit uncomfortable and would like to opt out, that's no problem. And that's about where he stopped at. But the box continues to say, there are many families eager to take your spot and receive a generous participation fee. Oh. And then his pen blocks it. But I think it's, I think it says, do you want to continue this incredible experiment? Um, but Nathan's about to bring out the heavy guns. If anyone was about to say no. Yeah. And apparently there's a generous participation fee. Yeah, clearly people should have really played hardball with uh, with Nathan here. Well, I think they're already getting a generous participation fee. And he's saying, you know, if you don't participate, if you don't participate anymore, I'm taking that away. Fair, yeah. But yeah, so it seems like when we get to the end of the episode that this is kind of setting up to be the next few episodes of the show um from what i have gathered it might actually be the rest of the series is just focusing on this one experiment i'm interested to see where it goes um do we have any predictions for what is coming up next i have not watched any previews for the rest of the season i have also not watched any previews because of the poster where everyone else is fake except for Nathan, it does make me wonder how long Angela will be participating or if she decides to opt out at any point. But I, I guess we'll have to wait and see. It's definitely a two-part episode. They, they cut it off. So I would expect to see Robin again in some capacity. Angela will definitely be there. But what we talked about earlier was how this might be an ongoing segment that continues while other things are also going on more similar to the Nathan for you format where there's multiple different segments happening every episode, or maybe it's just a two parter and then they move on. Yeah. So I think I saw on a review that this is like the next five episodes. Um, Cause I believe critics yeah. have already gotten the entire series except for maybe the finale. Yeah, so then maybe the first episode, which is so different from this, was setting up the concept of how how far and what great lengths they would go to to creating this rehearsal and this little bubble um, to put yeah. the, I guess, contestants in. But it does take a real right turn. Yeah, I mean, okay, so should we go through the titles of the next ones? Or is that too... Okay, so the next episode is called Gold Digger. Um, then the Fielder Method, Apocalypto, and Pretend Daddy. Whoa. 
yeah, I think definitely one thing that I suspect is that, like you said, I think Angela is not going to last the whole time. I also do feel like it is going to end up being more focused on Nathan himself um, since he, as we saw this episode, kind of has gotten like too far deep into the rehearsal where he's actually putting himself into it. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if we get more casting calls. I hope we get a couple more Craigslist ads at least. Um, And I'm sure we're going to meet more interesting people. Yes. So we will be back next week. But something that we want to do for this series is talk a little bit about what's going on online. This is the first time we're able to podcast about a Nathan Fielder show and watch it at the same time as everybody else who's also excited and talking about it. So we've seen some interesting posts on social media. Some characters are coming out on Twitter, for example. We've seen many comments from Robin's brother online. So I think every episode, we're just going to talk a little bit about what's going on on social media in regards to the episode, so that if you're not someone who's online and might have missed a few things, we can fill you in. Yeah, for sure. So like Megan mentioned, Robin's brother, or someone who claims to be Robin's brother, but it it does seem like um, it is Robin's brother based on the fact that they tweeted about Nathan for you. Um, or not Nathan for you, about Robin being on the rehearsal um, over a year ago, has come out and basically said that Robin is um, a little bit unhinged, I think is the nicest thing to say. Um, We did get clarification that he is 30 years old. He did release some text messages where he basically said, like, I can't believe you got bamboozled by Nathan Fielder, and then sent him a photo of Nathan Fielder And uh, yeah, Robin is not a fan of Nathan, we also learned. So Robin did put out one statement about the episode. Kelly, do you want to read it? So this, yeah, Robin has been responding to some comments on Instagram. And someone asked on the Instagram post, um, curious what your opinions are of Nathan Fielder and the show. Robin responded, I was not portrayed accurately, and Nathan is one of the worst people I have ever come in contact with. Jesus bless you. At least he's been blessed. So if anything new um, comes out about Nathan for you, we will also mention it here if we are able to find it. For example, Elle from the Electronic Store episode of Nathan for You recently did an AMA where she talked about the fact that she was a hired actress for this show and she had gotten a lot of feedback from the crew on how she should respond to Nathan. She was seeing someone else at the time and did not meet Nathan on a dating show, but she said that he is very kind and could talk about anything. She doesn't think that he's awkward at all. She said that they talked about their love for Seinfeld and how he was a Kramer and she was a George. She said that he was a laid back dude and you know, that she just had a really great experience, but that Maybe she's gotten a little bit of negative reviews online because she didn't go along with it. But it sounds like that wasn't up to her. With the rehearsal coming out and more people getting back into Nathan for you, if any other statements from old participants come out, we'll we'll update you here as I'm sure that most of us have seen Nathan for you. And if not, I certainly recommend going and watching it. It's an amazing series. And if you like the rehearsal, you're also going to love Nathan for you. Yeah, for sure. Um, I hope more people come out and talk about their experience as well because it's always 
interesting to kind of hear more about how it is kind of from the other side of being someone who was on the show. So that is it for this week's episode. We can't wait to listen to the next one. If you are excited to be involved, talk a little bit more about the Nathan For You community and Nathan Fielder in general. As we mentioned earlier, I definitely recommend joining the Facebook group, Nathan For You Business Posting. Everyone in there has been really friendly and lovely. Everyone's normally posting really funny things. So if you need some more Nathan content outside of the podcast, I definitely recommend you hop over there as well. So thank you for listening. Stay blessed, my friends. And this has been Kelly and Megan on your side.